0: iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. (laughs) In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR, Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just $40
1: a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus 2084 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR.
2: What is up, everyone? This is Adam Frommel here with another episode of the Hardwood Knocks. I'm joined by my normal hosts, Andy Bailey and Dan Favale, and we have a special guest for you tonight. It's Justin Rowan from Fear the Sword and HoopsLounge.com. Justin is now going to be our resident Cleveland Cavaliers expert. Uh, They're coming off a season where, unfortunately, they fell just short of the title. They did make it to the NBA Finals in the first season of LeBron's return, adding some new veterans, keeping most of the uh, the existing ones in place. They're going to have a healthy Kevin Love, a healthy Kyrie Irving, hopefully. Is it title or bust now?
3: Um, yeah, I think you can safely say it's title or bust. Um, it was a bit of a feeling out process in the first year. Obviously, the injuries to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love didn't help things in the playoffs. Um, I think
0: there was a lot of positives they could, the iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile and there's a whole lot to love like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share Nice. and how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time <laughs> In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan That's right, get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else But for the same price at T-Mobile you get unlimited and iPhone XR Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40
1: bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone 10 R with auto pay and qualifying trade via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction. If using more than 50 gigs per month, video at four eighty P for well-qualified buyers, plus taxes and fees contact us before canceling or remaining balances. due. qualifying service and finance agreements required zero down plus plus twenty eighty four 84 per month for 36 months full price, 749
3: 0% APR take away from it. But now Kevin loves committed to the Cavs Again, they've got veterans that they've added to the bench and stuff like that. Um, Basically, it would be title or bust at this point. Although I think there is a window beyond this upcoming season. It's not like the Brooklyn Nets, where it was a very finite window that just didn't pan out. But I mean, you got to make the most of LeBron's prime. That's why they traded Wiggins, and um, title or bust is a pretty fair assessment.
4: Are you team max out, Tristan Thompson?
3: Uh yeah, I, 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 I mean. Ideally, I wouldn't want to pay him more than I have to, and I think going through a thorough negotiating process is very important. I think that's what David Griffin's doing right now, but um, letting him go isn't an option uh, in my mind. There's no way that you could replace him, and for that reason, yes, I would be willing to pay basically whatever it takes.
2: Yeah, I just don't think it even matters that much, you know, as long as they do bring him back, because we know Gilbert has deep pockets. We know that he's willing to pay in the luxury tax if he needs to, to put together a championship roster. And at this point, we also know that he brings something that Kevin Love doesn't to that table. And that's always staying around the basket and creating those second chance opportunities and those grinded out points, which is really necessary on this roster.
3: Right, absolutely. And Uh, When you look at how the Cavs' big three performed with various players at center, uh, for the season, um, their net rating with Anderson Vergeau was a minus four, so they were a negative with Vergeau at center. Um, I believe it was plus 17 per 100 possessions with Moskov, and it was plus 21 with Thompson at center. So he's someone that meshes very well with the big three. We talked about how injury-prone Kevin Love and uh, Kyrie Irving are. Thompson's the opposite. He has the second-longest active street. Of uh, games played behind DeAndre Jordan, um, and when you're talking about flexibility, if you let Thompson walk away for nothing, uh, next four years you're still not going to have any money to spend on a free agent beyond the minimum. So if you're going to overpay, it's n- it's not really affecting your flexibility. You have no way of really replacing Thompson, and he fits well with the big three. So I'm I'm for overpaying him if that's what ne- that's what's necessary.
5: That's that's actually a really good point that I've never really considered. Dan and I actually did a podcast entirely on this issue um, last week, and I, me personally, and you can respond to this. I was kind of worried about future flexibility because LeBron's going to get the super max, uh, Kyrie Irving's probably going to ma- maxed out again when he's contracts up. Um, Kevin Love has a ways to go, but his would expire on, like at the within Thompson's contract. Um, mm-hmm. But the point you make, like I said, is strong that they really have no way of um, replacing Thompson if they don't grab him. It, c- right. D- is there anything to what I'm saying, though? Maybe I'm just flat wrong. Like, does it hurt their flexibility if they do max out Thompson?
3: No. Um, uh, Jacob Rosen, he's – I don't know if you guys follow him. He's yeah. brilliant uh, with cap stuff and things like that. Um, basically, like I said, if you – let Thompson walk and you don't even sign a guy for the minimum, you still don't have flexibility three or four years down the road, especially when you project what LeBron's next contract is going to look like. So no, it, it doesn't really have any impact on
5: being able to sign a free agent. So you're, just, you're, you're basically like it's you want the bird rights. Right. Of, okay.
3: Right. Essentially, you, you want to keep Thompson. You you want to lock him up long term. Um, I think honestly, they could have locked him up for about four sixty if they would have got this done at the start of the year. I, I think he would have accepted less. Um, they decided to extend Vergeau, which has proven to be a mistake um and i I think if you wait until next summer where um he's hitting the open market you could risk even more uh paying even more than you'd have to now i i don't know how true it is but espn did report there were three to five general managers that identified they'd be willing to pay up to 20 million a year for thompson Hmm. so if you're looking at a uh, which might just be pressure getting the Cavs to try to sign him or overpay for him, um, but reports like that are out there. So you run that risk. Uh, we all, a lot of people laughed when they heard Thompson turned down four fifty two before, and it seemed crazy that his value could escalate. But hey, he he might break out even further than he did this last year. You never know. You run that risk.
5: Yeah.
4: I definitely I agree with everything Justin was saying, and you, you don't want to run the risk of losing him. I don't think he would be worth the contract that he's going to get next summer if it does come that far. I can't picture him being even the second-best player right now on a really good team, but there are two things here that you have to look at. You don't let him walk if you're the Cavs because it, it's like Justin said, you don't have a lot of flexibility and there might be a window in 2017 where you could get some flexibility, but I think that's when they first get LeBron James's bird rights. So his contract is going to be absurd. You would have to make sure that you're getting rid of Vera Jow. You wouldn't be able to bring back Timothy Mozgov, who's going to be a free agent in 2016. So Thompson is almost a necessity because it's, it's not even just about LeBron. It's about you're going to have to pay to keep Timothy Mozgov as well. You're going to have to pay to keep this core intact, and there'd have to be so much other maneuvering to even create some flexibility and once you get there that flexibility isn't going to buy you in 2017 what it would buy you now because of the escalating salaries. The other point that I made to Bailey in the previous podcast and while we're on a lesser scale is you also have to look at the sacrifice Thompson is making when you're paying him. It's sort of like that James Harden effect in Oklahoma City. Thompson is by no means James Harden but he's giving up a lot. He's giving up the chance to start on a good team in his prime. He's sort of resigning to the fact that he's never gonna be a superstar or at least have a chance to become that featured guy on a different team. And just to me, I, I know you have the LeBron aspect and the whole they don't have the Cavaliers don't have flexibility otherwise, but that has to play into this as well too. You're almost compensating Thompson for the opportunity that
2: you can't give him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually sort of want to shift gears a little bit just so we don't spend 30 minutes talking about Tristan Thompson uh, because the Cavs, the Cavs actually had one of my favorite moves of the offseason. And you guys might laugh at me for this, but it, it was signing Mo Williams. You know, bringing him back on, on a veteran deal to come off the bench and, and be Kyrie Irving's backup. You know, I love that. You know, he's had mm-hmm. success in Cleveland before. He made the All Star team in 2009. We know that he can work next to LeBron James. And beyond that, like he still has a lot of talent left in the tank. He, he had some great games last year, that 50-point explosion. I think this adds a, a, another element to this team that just makes them even more dangerous.
3: Mm-hmm. I think the most important aspect of what Mo Williams brings is he brings them a third competent ball handler. Della Vadova, he plays pretty well in his role, but it's primarily as a shooting guard. He plays off ball. He doesn't really handle the ball. He defends and shoots. Mo Williams can actually initiate the offense. I think what that allows you to do is... Actually, stagger the big threes minutes. you can play Kevin Love in a feature role now with LeBron and Kyrie resting without worrying about who's going to bring the ball up, who's going to initiate the offense. so you give yourself security, you give yourself a third ball handler, and it allows you flexibility where you can now run the offense with through Kevin Love uh, because there's someone to facilitate.
5: I love that point, and, and I, I wouldn't have laughed at you um, for bringing it up, Adam. I like the addition too. Um, but I never thought about it in the context of what it can do for Kevin Love. Um, I think that's that's great what Justin just brought up, and it makes me wonder what you think are kind of his prospects overall for this season like there was a lot of a lot of noise from media and fans about Kevin Love last season. obviously, some people thought he underperformed. a lot of <laughs> people said he was unhappy. Um, will his role be any different? Is he more used to his his third wheel status or is he a third wheel um just kind of what are your general feelings on love heading into this season well I've, I've
3: always been a big fan of kevin love and his game um even prior to him coming to cleveland Um, I did a podcast with Fear the Sword uh, with David McMiniman who uh, covered the Cavs this year and he kind of talked about the maturation process of Love accepting the role and all that but a big factor with Kevin Love was also just how injured he was last year he was dealing with back spasms and when he recovered from that he had a knee injury Um, and then back spasms became a factor again in that season he kind of got past the back spasms towards the end of the year but when you looked when he had two days rest he was scoring over 20 points per game in that third wheel role which i don't think you can expect like 22 points per game out of kevin love but i think if he's healthy he's going to at least shoot better percentages his percentages were way down so even if he's functioning in that role or a slightly more featured role you're probably going to see his numbers increase just because he's more like himself
2: Yeah, it's almost impossible to avoid making the comparison to what Chris Bosh went through as soon as LeBron joined the Heat in 2010. You know, initially there were struggles until he accepted that lesser role where he was going to space the court even more than he already did. And Love already has that skill. He doesn't have to develop it. But it's still an adjustment period. And it's a tough one to make for a player who's used to filling that number one and almost number two option as well for the bulk of his career.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a little bit different with Love, but um, I I think it was kind of telling that Love in free agency didn't go to other teams right away. He didn't use other teams to negotiate. First thing he did was have a sit down with David Blatt. And reportedly, it was very honest. Like they aired out a lot of stuff, issues that were there, what could be done. And then the next thing he did was meet with LeBron James. um, And uh, apparently it went on for several hours, and by the end of it, uh, they both said that they are seen eye to eye. So I don't know what that necessarily means going into next season, but it's clear that things won't be exactly how they were last year. And I think we saw towards the tail end that Love was featured more, and I don't know if they limited his role because of what he physically could do with those health concerns, or if it was just, I, I think there was some misuse by Blatt, but I think they're, they limited his role to kind of shield him uh, when he wasn't feeling
2: 100%. Yeah, I mean, just from a sheer chemistry standpoint, year two should help as well. You know, there aren't going to be these questions about his commitment to the team and his fit with the team the entire way through the season. And he said all the right things last year. You know, he, he kept saying he planned to be back. He wanted to see it out. You wanted to develop with these players, but no matter what, everyone's like, oh, you're going to leave as soon as you're, you're able to do that because you're going to get to choose your destination and all that. So I, I, just having that away from the picture is it can only help. Mm-hmm. Dan? Oh, you said Dan? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to know what you thought about that one. We haven't gotten you in in a while. No, I, I mean, I agree, I agree with it. I, I just think being in year two,
4: like you said, is going to be huge. In general, you you hope that that's almost why the Cavaliers lock up Thompson because then you don't have to deal with his contract situation hanging over your head. You can focus on winning and knowing that this core is going to be together. And when you look at what the Cavs are now, even without J.R. Smith, we don't know what's going to happen with him, they're clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference, and it shouldn't even be kind of close. There could easily be a 10-12 win gap between them and the number two seed next season and it sort of brings up the question that I want to ask Justin what is your concern with this team is it the defense like it was last season they were a lot better once they traded for Mozgov and Shumpert you mm-hmm. just look at this roster and I don't want to call it totally complete but there's so much talent and they've done such a nice job putting some nice complementary guys in place what is the mm-hmm. biggest issue that they're going to need to overcome
3: well I mean the issues and concerns I do have i I mean, they are minor. Health is obviously the major one. Um, Another concern I have, I do like the pickup of Richard Jefferson. I think that allows them to spell LeBron a little bit. But whenever you see a guy shift from getting significant minutes into a minor role, you never know exactly how they're going to adjust. Uh, We saw with uh, Mike Miller going from Memphis to Cleveland. Uh, Like When you get in a funk and you're getting significant minutes, you have an opportunity to shoot your way out of it. If you're only being asked to play five, six minutes a game, you can be in a prolonged funk for a long period of time, and that's just going to cause LeBron to play more minutes. You're not going to be able to spell him, and that could lead to health concerns in the future. So if they can stay healthy, um, if the bench starts contributing more than they did last year, um, then I'm going to feel a lot better about this. Uh, After the trade uh, for Mozgov, Shumpert, and Smith, the Cavs were 33-3. and with the big three in the lineup when they were healthy. So that's, I mean, they were a pretty good team. Um, I don't think they're going to put up great defensive numbers. Uh, They do have a couple players that need to improve, uh, especially Kevin Love. There's concerns with how he's going to play defending the pick and roll. Um, But even in the regular season, LeBron's not going to try on defense in the regular season. We've seen that now. So there's a different defensive ceiling once the playoffs come around just because LeBron's going to start trying.
2: Yeah, I mean it has to be health for me too, especially in the front court where you know Mozgov has to stay healthy because then you're looking at Barajas, really the only backup center as durable as Sasha Khan. Sasha Khan, they just picked him up, the mystery man. Yeah, I mean as durable as as Tristan Thompson is, like I I would worry if you're trying to slot him in at the five for the bulk of the regular season if that's your only option. Um, I, I don't think it'll get to that point, but just kind of a lingering concern. And last year we saw LeBron take take the two weeks off to fly down to Miami for some treatment. And, I mean, that's pretty telling to me as well. They've got to keep him healthy for the playoffs because we know they're going to get there. You know, it's not about the regular season. Sure, they could push 65 wins or more, but it's about a championship. I mean, we said that right from the beginning. It's a title or bust season. Right. Yeah. That's sort, of, that's sort of my biggest concern for them
4: as well, not necessarily the health aspect, but everything Adam just said sort of described what was happening in Miami during their golden age, after that 2010-2011 season when they really got everything together and they went on that two-championship run and were going for that three-peat, you knew what the end goal was. And the Cavaliers are a little bit younger, and they have a lot of less-established players who are expected to play key roles, right down to Tristan Thompson and Schumpert, even Mozgov. And then you have two stars who are younger than Bosh and Wade and Love, and Irving, are they going to be able to understand that? You hope they will because they've been through the ringer now for one year. This won't be as new to them this season. But, but you have to wonder if this team, as young as it is to me, just compared to that team Miami, if they can keep their eye on that prize and get used to the fact that, hey, if we're going to bench Kyrie Irving for 25 games this season or 20 games or 15 games because we need him to be healthy or the same with LeBron, can everyone just wrap their head around that and that just work out without any issues? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, what uh, Adam said about Thompson playing at center, I think that is actually the long term plan. Uh, I don't believe Mozgov's going to be around after this season. You see some of the numbers that they are projecting for him to be paid, and once again, it's he's looking at about thirteen, fourteen million a year. I don't think they're going to go that route, but they absolutely, um, even with Thompson starting at center in the future, if that's the route they go, they obviously need to have that second big. Uh, for the two or three centers that Thompson will struggle with just due to size Um, it's the same thing that Atlanta has with Al Horford Horford's a great defender same size as Thompson but you need to have like a Zaza Pachulia or you need to have someone else like that for when you go up against a Marcus or someone out west so staying healthy especially that front court is going to be the biggest key to me.
5: I'm going to switch gears a little bit um, to somebody that we haven't really talked about yet. My personal favorite uh, Cleveland Cavalier. Um, What do you think about Kyrie Irving's prospects for his second season in year with uh, LeBron?
3: Um, Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kyrie. He's one of the few players I have trouble being completely objective on just (laughs) because I've been such a fan. Um, But Again, that was something we discussed with uh, Dave McMenamin, where he said when he would talk to LeBron about Kyrie, he would say LeBron's just a genuine fan, like of how talented Kyrie is at that age. But he's sitting there and like, okay, he's he just turned 23 at the end of last season, like he's incredibly young, and while he matured a lot last season. There were still concerns. Uh, LeBron wanted him to play through injury a little bit more, especially in playoffs. That was a bit of a concern there and kind of felt like Kyrie got through that barrier game one in the finals. But unfortunately, he ended up breaking his knee with a collision in overtime. Um, but basically, I expect Kyrie to come out bla- guns blazing again. He's He is a mature player, but there's going to be hiccups along the road, and I think how he responds to that is going to be really, really important to how successful the Cavs are next year.
2: Got a quick anecdote on that on those lines, real fast. Uh, at the beginning of the season last year, it seemed like they were butting heads. You know, there were all the reports that LeBron and Kyrie weren't necessarily getting along, and I, I covered a Cavs game out in Denver, um, and it was right at the height of all those rumors. And when when the media was kind of swarmed around Kyrie he was like yeah me and, me and LeBron are beefing about our favorite TV shows like I like Family Guy and he <laughs> likes some other show you know and, and it was mm-hmm. clear from that moment that they were getting along you know all their interactions were pl- were, were perfectly pleasant there weren't mm-hmm. really any concerns except for the ones that the media wanted to generate and it yeah. should i think it should be even more obvious that they're on the same page now now that they're in year 2 mm-hmm. you know they know how to work together
5: yeah absolutely i think that's I think with LeBron, like wherever he's been his whole career, everything gets overblown and everything's turned into like a media hype fest. And so I think it was Adam who brought it up earlier that just having everything in place now, like there's no chance Kevin Love's going to leave. Um, some of those things between Kyrie and LeBron should be in the past. I think that continuity and, and what that can do for chemistry could, could do wonders for this team.
3: Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think people forget that not everyone has the same type of personality like when you listen to how Kyrie talks and what players he idolizes like he's kind of got a little bit of that Kobe Bryant mentality where he's fiery he's going to argue like he doesn't mind getting into a yelling match but it's all in the process of getting better Uh, you'll see LeBron scream at Tristan Thompson in games and Thompson responds to that really well and then you have Kevin Love who's an introvert Um, he's After the game, he's going to go home. He's going to crack open a beer, watch some game film. He's completely content with being on his own. Um, So I think people read a little bit too much into player personalities. And uh, they try to make a storyline where there's not necessarily one. But there certainly was friction between Kyrie and LeBron, between LeBron and Love. Um, They were learning how to play with one another and how to get the most out of one another. So chemistry... I think you're definitely going to see a jump in how well they function as a unit just because they're more familiar with one another next year.
4: Towing on what you just said, Justin, even what uh, Bailey said, everything does seem to be overblown in Cleveland. This drama follows LeBron, even if it doesn't exist. And we've sort of avoided this to this point. What is your read on the David Blatt situation? Do you view that as a constantly tenuous relationship between he and LeBron? Is it just another one of those things that's being overblown because it involves LeBron? Um, I think Blatt did not make
3: things easy on himself last year. Um, I think... From saying, oh, Kevin Love's not a Max player, just to try to be a a bit of a smartass, um, because he didn't think he was a Max player because he was only on a four-year deal, or little things like that. Like Black could have made things a lot easier on himself. I think his job is safe. I don't think there's an issue with job security. I think... just with his personality, his personal pride, there is going to be friction between he and the media, he and the team at times. But I think the team does believe in him. I think his kind of insane attitude, his confidence in that, kind of the team put that on their shoulders, especially in the finals when um, they were shorthanded. They truly believe they could win. I
2: mean, you're much closer to the team than I am, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my it's my understanding that if. LeBron didn't want Blatt there. Blatt wouldn't be there.
3: Right, yeah. I I completely believe that as well. Um, I think they would have hired... Oh, God, I I wish they wouldn't, but Mark Jackson maybe if that was what LeBron wanted. Uh, um, But I I think LeBron feels like he can win with any coach, and it's going to be a feeling-out process with Blatt and LeBron um, to kind of figure out how they're going to run things... uh, LeBron likes having influence in the coaching staff. He's always going to be that way. Um, Tyron Lue had a big part in the coaching as well last year. It's a bit of a collaborative effort, and it's like the new teammates. It's going to take time for them to work together and figure out what the natural pecking
4: order is there. The good thing about everything we're talking about is there's nothing that's really new now like it was last season. is We sort of know these are the issues they're going to face. They've already been through it for a year. They'll know how to handle it better, and a lot of things have probably been resolved or are just thriving now. And you just look at that. You look at how they performed after getting Mozgov, Smith, and Shumpert. They won 53 games last year. That total is going to go up. How high mm-hmm. do you see it going up, especially with the way the Eastern Conference is structured right now? Um, Well,
3: I'll just quickly say I think the East has improved a fair bit, um, but I think the second tier has gotten a lot wider, and even the third tier is better, but Cavs clearly are in a tier above the other teams, at least in my opinion. Um, I I think you're going to see pretty close to about 61 wins. I think that's a pretty comfortable figure. Um, They were below 500 at the halfway point last year and ended up winning 53 games, so I think if they can stay healthy, 61 wins seems pretty comfortable.
4: What do you think, Adam?
2: I'm going to say that 60 might be the floor this season, barring any unforeseen injuries. You know, I think that this is way too talented of a team that actually understands more of what they want to do and has those pieces in place rather than trying to make midseason additions. I would be shocked if they finished in the 50s. So I'd say 63-64. Bales?
5: I'll say 60 just for factoring in the health because I do think that sporadically Irving might have to take a couple nights off. Love might have to take a couple nights off. LeBron might. Um, They probably won't do them all at the same time. Um, But yeah, I'd say probably around 60.
4: I think it's going to be around 60 too. And the reason I probably wouldn't even say higher is because even if everyone's healthy, you have to believe that Blatt's going to rest LeBron or just rest these guys to make sure they're healthy for the playoffs, just like Eric Spolscher would do in Miami so I think 62 easily and there is a possibility for more but that's only if they're really gunning for it which I don't see a need for
2: them to do see the thing for me is I think that they're at the point and the reason I'd be more optimistic about it is that I I think they're talented enough that they can almost pick the nights they lose you know they can they can try and structure their schedule so that they're giving their key players the nights off at the opportune times when they might have had trouble winning the game already so that yeah. I guess that's the that's the reason for that three to four game discrepancy there.
3: That's the Popovich strategy. Yep. Rest <laughs> them in the marquee game. They don't know rest against the Heat when you're Popovich, and they don't know in the finals what you look like with your full team. They don't know how to watch film on you. The Pop strategy. Gotta love it.
4: <laughs> um, but now that we've been talking about this for so long, we have reached towards the end of the podcast. So it is now time to move on to. One like bacon. Bacon! All
3: right, so here's what's burning my bacon. Um, off-season Twitter, basketball Twitter, there's always arguing. There's always trying to drum up some sort of story. There's comparing players, comparing teams. I think people get away from just enjoying how great the NBA is. I think when you're comparing teams, people always seem to feel the need to put down the other team or put down another player in order to elevate the other player, or if you're ranking players all-time, It's always putting down a player rather than speaking towards the merits of the other players. I I think we're not enough people just enjoy the league, um, enjoy it for the fun there is. There's so many different styles and ways to win, different ways to build. Um, If a team does something crazy like how the Sixers are trying to build – it might not work. It might work. You could have a perfectly sound plan and things just go completely wrong. Or you can draft Anthony Bennett number one overall and LeBron decides to come back to your team and things work out. Um, I, I, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. That's the fun of the NBA. You Enjoy all the different personalities. And I, I think people would have a lot less insanity on Twitter.
5: <laughs> I totally agree. Off-season... Twitter is, is really something, especially in this month when there's nothing else going on. Um, somebody actually told me to kill myself on Twitter the other day, which I thought Ooh. was yeah. – so Was he a
3: Dilla fan?
2: Because
5: I get a <laughs>
3: lot of threatening stuff, even though I back him all the time. I, I get threatening stuff because I try to be objective about them.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I still, I still think the best one from this offseason was the one directed at me where I had a hashtag saw Adam Frommel's neck off. Yeah. <laughs> <Pretty good>. <laughs> <laughs> it's creative. It's unique. It just it checks all the boxes. <laughs> That's oh, a great I, Burning I, I would pin segment. that
3: tweet. I would pin that tweet. That is, yeah. that is the golden stamp <laughs> that you should want to achieve.
5: <laughs> well, um, thanks again for joining us, Justin. That was great. Uh, we really appreciated your uh, analysis and your perspective on the Cavs. That's going to wrap us up for this episode. Uh, I am on Twitter at Andrew D. Bailey. Adam is on Twitter at Frommel09, F-R-O-M-A-L. Dan is at Dan Favali F-A-V-A-L-E. And our guest, Justin, from Fear the Sword and HoopsLounge.com, he is at Anada C A V S a n a d a um again thanks for joining us guys and we look forward to hearing from you uh, on twitter and and we look forward to giving you more podcasts in the future
3: yeah thanks for having me lots of fun
0: the iphone 10r is here at t-mobile and there's a whole lot to love like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share nice and how emojis now turn every facetime with the kids into fun time <laughs> In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines.
1: Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus 2084 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR.